0: Welcome to the Contractor Commute, a podcast by Ingenious designed to fit right into your daily drive. Whether you're a small business owner, an employee, or off contracting on your own, we've got advice, stories, and leadership tips to help you out along the way. All right, welcome to the Contractor Commute. Uh, my name is Drew here with Ben Walsh. And uh, today we're talking about what does it take to build a successful construction business?
1: It's sort of like, what is the meaning to life? <laughs> I know, I'm about
0: to say, so we got that question. We're like, well, there, you could talk for a long time on that. So uh, we're going to get into it today. It certainly won't be an exhaustive list. We're not going to give you an MBA in uh, 25 minutes, no. um, but we'll give you some principles and some things to think about uh, as we go. So um, before we get started, though, we did get a uh, message from one of our followers. Uh, Easton uh, sent us in a question. So Easton, thanks for listening. Uh, but he said, hey, just started listening to your podcast. Love it already. You've got a request. It's important to spread knowledge as you guys are doing. One of the best ways to gain knowledge is reading. I'm looking for some book recommendations. Uh, So uh, think about that one for Ben and at the end, we'll uh, get your uh, uh, book recommendations uh, for Easton. So Easton, thanks for listening, Um, but let's uh, let's get in. So what does it take to build a successful
1: construction business? Where would you start on that one? Well, let's define success. Number one. Uh, because um, what might be great for one guy is not necessarily where another guy wants to, to roll with this. I like think a great example of that is we have a very successful contractor. You just had an interview last week with Dan Parrish yeah. and yep. huge business, successful, huge projects, trim carpenter, right? I mean, yeah. that's what they got. That's what they do. Yep. Um, And then I've got another friend, trim carpenter as well. He's a one man show, just crushes it, does an amazing job, but, he doesn't have any ambitions to scale beyond himself. Yeah, he loves it that way. He gets in, get out, uh, makes great money doing it. If he wants to take a month off, he doesn't have to keep any employees busy. He doesn't have a really a complex business outside of just doing great work. Uh, his reputation's fantastic, and so success. I think both these guys are successful, right? But yeah. it looks different. Totally. And I think like talking to Dan Parrish, and if you guys haven't
0: listened to that one yet, he uh, he's a CEO in honor of Millworks by design out in California. And he's, you know, he does incredible work, but he has a team of over 100 employees. He's got 68 carpenters on staff that work for him. But when you talk to him, he said, hey, I always wanted to be CEO. Like I always I wanted to run a big company from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important for him. Like if that's what's in your head and heart to do, go do it. You know, but if you're Chris, he would be miserable doing what Dan is doing, mm-hmm. and Dan would be miserable doing what Chris is doing. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's uh, I think it's a great point. Take some time to think: what is my definition of success? Mm-hmm. And I would also say be comfortable and okay if your definition is different than everybody else's. That's so true. Um, because often, you know, they say comparison is the thief of joy. Well, if I if I let someone else define success for me, I might climb that ladder and realize I'm leaned up yeah. against the wrong wall. Um, And I think you see that quite a bit uh, just in business and in life is knowing what it is you're trying to accomplish. So I think through like, you know, those two guys and just the example, time and money are the two Mm -hmm. currencies you have. Some people want more money. Some people want more time. And everyone's, you know, more of both. (laughs) It's just hard (laughs) to get. But, you know, different seasons in life too, right? I mean, uh, you might have more time when you're younger, but as you have kids, you might want to value time at home more. So figuring out how you define that and then create a life
1: that helps you get that definition Mm -hmm. of success. And the other element of success is sometimes we can push so hard to be successful that we sacrifice true success. We sacrifice families, health, friendships, um, because we're pushing our businesses too hard. Yeah. And so success might be very, very hollow if we lose our family and our health and Mm -hmm. and friends and life outside of work just because we wanted to have a successful business. Right. So having success in life and success in a business – I think they run parallel. You yeah. don't have one without the other.
0: Yeah, I think it's a holistic uh, picture that you're trying to build. No. And obviously your your business is a vehicle for how you achieve the things no. in life that you want to achieve. And so I think that's why most guys are in it. They're like, hey, I want to provide. I want to build. I want to build a life for myself, my family. So if we look at like, once you define that, let's... um,
1: You look at Tiger Woods as an example of yeah. somebody that was very, very successful and his personal life is falling apart and his his success on the golf uh, what is it? A golf? Uh, the course. Links, the course?
0: <laughs> the golf dr- fields. <laughs> the,
1: clearly not a golfer. Well, blah, blah, blah. What do we do on a golf thing? Oh, you know. Uh, yeah. Yes. A golf course. Thank you, Drew. But, you know, the two kind of uh, were tied together in some yeah. respects. Yeah.
0: Right. And I think it's a, there's all those stories, right? Where it's yeah. like they achieved one one level of it, but mm-hmm. lost in the big picture. Yeah. So
1: we don't want to be in, in, the, in that category. Right. <laughs> yeah. So successful, but a right. complete disaster. when One totally. of the things that really, really matter.
0: So if we look at, once you've defined that and you know what it is, and then it's, okay, now we're going to build a construction business to help paint that picture and build that version of success for ourselves, whether that's, you know, building a massive team or being a really successful mm-hmm. one-man show. Um, let's talk through what are some of the core elements. So we're, we talked about a few things uh, as we were prepping for this. We talked about passion, people, skills, practical how-tos. So we're going we're to touch on all of those, um, but we thought it was appropriate to start off with just passion and grit, um, because that is a necessary thing that
1: you got to take inventory of before you take step one. We can both relate to moments when we wanted to quit mm-hmm. in business where yeah. the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. And if the, the passion wasn't there in a sort of fundamental sense, and we didn't have the belief that this was going to work, yeah. we wouldn't have stuck with it. Right. Uh, Steve Jobs said he's convinced that half of what separates successful entrepreneurs from the non-successful ones is pure pres- perseverance. Unless you have a lot of passion about this, you're not going to want to survive or you're not going to survive. You're not going to, you're going to give up. So you've got an idea or a problem or a wrong that you want to write and you're passionate about it. Otherwise, you're not going to have the perseverance to stick through it. Yeah. And I think that is fundamental. Yeah. Because it's not always going to be easy and learning is painful. Mm -hmm. So many lessons I've had to learn. I'd do it over again in a heartbeat, but at that time, but I don't want to do it twice. Right. They were painful things to learn.
0: Yeah. I think it's the, if you don't have that definition of success and you don't have a big vision, mm-hmm. you don't know what the, what the finish line looks like or what that the top of the mountain is that you're climbing, yeah. the journey's hard. It's very difficult yeah. and very challenging. So having uh, – I think you clarify what that world looks like, and then you got to drive up, get, make sure you've got the passion and grit to power through the hard days and the hard weeks on your way mm-hmm. to getting there. Um, but often, if you haven't taken that first step, which is defining what the top of the mountain looks like for you, then mm-hmm. you're going to definitely give up because you don't even know where you're going. You know, yeah. you define that and then you get some uh some, you know, the passion and the perseverance
1: and the grit to stick through it. Yeah, and do you think that even influences how we make decisions too? Because I mean, if you know where you're going, you're gonna make smarter decisions because you know, well, this doesn't align I mean, if you're faced with a decision and it doesn't align with the bigger picture mm-hmm. you know, of where you're going, you can say no to it or yeah. do something you can pivot, you can change as opposed to just being lost in a cycle of you know, just being bewildered of like, well, it's just one foot in front of the other. I got to pay the bills. And it's just yep. an endless cycle of just must have instead of purposefully wanting yeah. to. <laughs> and how many guys,
0: you know, like that, that are just kind of like sort of just wandering through it and like, man, just talking about how hard it is mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. And and there's no passion, yeah. no enthusiasm. But yet they're committed to this and they're not going to do something
1: different, but they're miserable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you got to get the passion, get the grit or find something that you can't have it yeah. about, you know. So not to, to end on a downer there, I mean, we we we'll probably dive into more of the practical sides of side of this as well. Um, the whole aspect of being able to relate to people, you mentioned on the, the theme of people are an essential part of success in business. If we can't get along with people, if we can't uh, build relationships with people, we're going to fail. People give us insight into ideas. They help they challenge us to be better. Without that, I mean introspection and reflection can only take us so far without a good friend like you are be able to say, Hey, what about this? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Or call us out on something and we have to be able to listen. You know, if if we're parentally going through people as a as just sort of a resource and like, well, that guy's a disaster and moving along to the next Mm -hmm. one, we're we're not gonna really capture what we could have otherwise had.
0: Right. Yeah, I think if you go, I mean, if you have the passion and then like, you know, get into the people, it's like, you know, because that's on everyone. And you go through just, you know, in a business, you've got customers, vendors, uh, just to start. Like you Mm. you have to be able to work with customers. You got to work with vendors. You have to have good relationships. I mean, how many people do you know that have a bad reputation in the community or you have one bad impression with them? Mm. You got unresolved conflict. You don't handle it, right? And then we say, never, never doing business with that guy again. And they're going to tell a friend. You know, and your business can get sunk through a one or a series of negative interactions with people. There are businesses that I will never do business with. Right. And it's how they treated you. Yes. You know, because even if they make it a mistake, if they treat you right in the process and make it right, and mm-hmm. you know, own it, take accountability, like you know, that's a net positive. That's a net positive. Yeah. big Like, man, yeah. that shows their character. But a lot of times, mm-hmm. yeah, if you don't have good people skills and building, maintaining relationships, you're gonna struggle. I think too. We talked about customers and vendors. What about uh, what about mentors? Mm. Um, how have you looked at how have you leveraged mentors in your career? Oh, there was a time I was too arrogant
1: to have a mentor. Uh, to be quite honest. (laughs) You know, I wanted to prove that I could do something. And also there was an oversimplification of problems in that state. Yeah, I tend to look at all problems as being how hard could it be, as opposed to looking at other people that have been successful, been doing it for decades and say, what do they have? What can I learn from that person? How do I not repeat their mistakes? How do I uh, gain skill in this area from what they've already achieved? And I learned an incredible amount from having just a couple of people that I and they didn't even see themselves as mentors necessarily. Yeah, It was just more or less this relationship back mm-hmm. to that ability to just connect with people, the humility to ask questions and come and say, hey, you know, what do you think of this? Or uh, how do you do that? And it's surprising how mm-hmm. much people will share right, when you ask. Yeah. I think there's a, uh, a... And
0: I think some people might be like, well, do I formally ask and to be my mentor? A lot of times that's not how it's worked for me. Mm-hmm. I just get around people mm-hmm. that know something I don't know, or they're further down the road. And a yeah. lot of times there's a lot of wisdom and a lot of time savings wrapped up in someone who's 10, 15, 20 years yeah. older than you or in business longer than you have. And they might be younger than you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you can f- just ask questions, be humble mm-hmm. and learn from them, you can
1: uh, you can learn a lot yeah. from other people. One of the things I had to learn as a part of that mentor, mentor mentee process as well is not to look at... a a sort of vetting a mentor as somebody that has it all together. Correct. There aren't any perfect people. Nobody does. Yes. And so if we dismiss somebody and we're looking for flaws and we say, well, that person had, I mean, look at, you can look at somebody who's a fantastic salesperson and a horrible project manager and they run a business and you say, well, what a disaster. Like he does, has no idea what he's doing on project management. Yeah. And we dismiss that person instead of looking at the one skill that they really have and they're great at that we could learn from as a salesperson.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: And not, you know, it's the old concept of eat the watermelon, spit out the seeds kind of a, you know, where we don't dismiss people that we can learn from just because they have problems.
0: Yeah. Right. I used to, my, in a previous life, I used to travel a lot and it was a, uh, I was in and out of airports, you know, a previous life. Yeah, <laughs> uh, pre, pretty congenious, but it was, uh, I kind of just got on a I was spending so much time in airports and I'm like, man, it's a lot of waste of time, you know? Um, but I started kind of going on a mission. I was like, Hey, I'm going to just strike up conversations with people, whether it was like a, you know, on the plane, which I know some people hate that. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, know, if you were that annoying yeah, guy. Hey! No, if people have headphones on, I'm like, yeah, yeah they right. don't want to talk. But uh, you know, you, you yeah. sometimes you just yeah. be like, ask one question. Ah, this is going nowhere. Right. But right. It was it was crazy how many people I like, talked to where I just kind of went on a mission. I asked them two or three questions about what they did and who they were. And I was, my, my mindset was like, everyone that I talk to knows more about something than I do. And if I can just sit and ask them, que- find what that one thing is and mm-hmm. one or two questions and then kind of just go down that trail with them. Well, how'd you get into that? How'd you learn about this? What's, you know, what would you tell yourself? You know, mm-hmm. and almost every, well, everybody does know more than you about something. And yes. It might be something you don't find useful, like basket weaving or things like that. But, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> like if you just get around people and ask them questions, you can learn a ton Yes. That will save you a lot of heartache and a lot of pain. Uh, and most people are actually very willing to work with you and talk with you on things. Say goodbye to the hassle of estimating for your construction projects with Congenius. Our intuitive platform makes creating highly accurate and detailed estimates a breeze. And with cloud based access and automatic calculations, you can focus on what really matters building your business. Visit congenius.com to learn more. Can genius, build like no one else.
1: And five minutes of the conversation might be complete or pure nonsense to your ears, and there might be one nugget. Yes, I mean I've had people that have been coaches and mentors, and they, they just rabble on. I think I know that, I know that, I know that, I know that. You know, and then yeah. there's one nugget I capture from that it could be it could be a game changer. Mm-hmm. And so we got to be prepared to listen and capture the data and yeah definitely that was a big part of learning for me is yeah not being too critical yeah <laughs> I think the
0: uh, other part of people we talked about customers, vendors, mentors and employees is a big one too yes. and that's And if you have a, uh, if you have a big vision, if you say, hey, success to me equals, you know, big numbers, big teams, then you've got to get really good at managing people. That's probably a whole nother episode to get into about what that looks like. Um, But I think if you're going to be successful, um, you got to learn how to work with employees
1: Mm -hmm. um, and how do you motivate and inspire and lead. Well, I think you've had a great example of that taking over a, you know, a team, a large team of people that were demotivated, Mm -hmm. churned out the roof. People are leaving left and right. You're rehiring or not rehiring, you're hiring. To fill positions people leaving
0: yeah well, how'd you turn it around uh it's a lot um, but you know you start by figuring what do your employees need mm-hmm. what do they want mm-hmm. what what would make a great workplace for them and normally that list is really simple and it's not as complicated as you think and it's not always money
1: mm-hmm. uh, but figuring
0: out what people want um what type of leadership do they need and want and then just go be that for them you know and then solve simple problems mm-hmm. you know you can communicate you care by solving simple problems Um, you know, I'll give a quick story. We were in that situation at a, you know, hundreds of employees and we're this all employee meeting and there was this lady I'd met in the hallway and she was kind of negative always like once you talk to you like how are you doing well i'm here yeah, you know right. like one of yeah. those and yeah. so uh out behind her building there was a little um smokers area people mm-hmm. would go out and you know smoke and i'm not a smokers but uh but for her it was important she was complaining one time she was like oh they put these heaters in out there in the in the winter time but they mounted them too high so you couldn't actually feel the heat coming off of them and so uh, i went and found a contractor to lower those heaters and it, that was a simple thing and yeah it cost us some money but um, I realized that for people, I'm not a smoker, but for people who do, that's their stress relief. That's their break. That's their time to recalibrate in the middle of the work day. And so for me, I'm like, hey, if that's an important space for them, let me lower those heaters and do some other things to make it a more pleasant atmosphere for them. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm not a smoker and I think it's kind of gross, you know, right. no offense to smokers, but <laughs> yeah. So no, you're going yeah. Check off half our audience. <laughs> yeah, they're like this guy, son of a gun. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, but we were in this all employee meeting and like we were saying stuff and trying to make these commitments to what we're going to go do. And that lady who was always n- say, negative yeah. and hour stood up and go, Hey, I don't have a question for you guys, but you know, I said to that guy that it was cold out there and he lowered those heaters. So when these guys say they care, they really mean it. And it was like one of those moments where I was like, Holy smokes, Mm -hmm. just lowering the heaters and creating a better atmosphere there cost a couple hundred bucks to do that. But in that
1: moment, I turned a detractor into an advocate um, by simply caring about what they cared about, you know, it's so good. So many examples of simple things that if we just cared enough to listen yeah. You know, and ask for that feedback. Because sometimes people don't tell us unless Correct. we ask. Yeah. Yeah. yeah why are you, be, you so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If your
0: employees aren't uh, exactly, why are you so mad? Yeah, Because I'm cold. I'm yeah. like, okay, how can <laughs> okay. I fix that? Right. You know, and it might just simple things. Like if you got a team, well,
1: mm-hmm. what are the things that are driving them nuts? Yeah. And little things make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And on the employee side too, so many times we look at the performance side of things. We want to think about, we think about our vision and goals as accomplishing things. Mm-hmm. Our employees don't think that way. No. You know, a lot of times it's just coming to work, wanting to get, you know, do their job without a lot of problems in getting their job done. So if you make that efficient, you enable them to succeed, they're happy. I mean, that's, yeah, it's like, it's a raise, right? Yeah. I heard it. Someone say once that the problem with one of the
0: it's like a problem with leaders is they assume everyone else wants to be one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so, we assume yes. well, what I want is what they want. And there's a lot of people who have, want nothing to do with leading or managing, and they don't really care about your your vision for where you want to go. Their vision is, I want to come work for you, get paid what you say you're going to pay me, and go home on time. Mm-hmm. And and they've got that's it. And so like, okay, that's that's their goal. How can I make that easier and better? Yeah. Um, and if you if you serve your your people, your
1: people always end up serving yep. the vision. Um, but and if you're winning along the way, that's an totally. icing on the cake. Yep. But it's not why people come to work. Right. Yep. Set goals, make it fun, you know, mm-hmm.
0: uh, find a way to, you know, yeah. incent people. And, you yeah, know, it's beautiful. It's doable. And trim yeah. right? Yes. Uh, all right. There's way more we get into there. But uh, we <laughs> talked about uh, passion, talked about people. Let's just talk about, uh, let's talk about just skills. and One is understanding your skills and like, what are they? So if I'm starting my business, how would you
1: encourage someone to evaluate just their, their personal skill mm-hmm. level? To be successful in business, you have to have something your business or yourself, I mean, if you're a one-man show that you are good at Mm -hmm. uh, or great at, Um, one of the dangers, the temptations is to really try to be everything to everybody. I've had to say, I've had to learn to say no to a lot of things Mm -hmm. people have asked me. Can you do this? Well, maybe, or I could, but if that's not the thing that our business focuses on, we just need to say no to it because we can really distract our, you know, that momentum, the ability to actually do great work by doing mediocre work in 10 different areas. So I think to be successful in business, you have to really focus on the things that you're good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe there's an element of that too, where if we're t- going back to the passion part of it, we want to do certain things. Yep. And there are other things that uh, are just, you know, things that we're, we're just good at, but we don't want to do. So identifying, okay, yes, I, I really am passionate about this. And if I'm not good at it, how do I get good at it? Or how do I level up with my team? Give an example of that. Um, contractor that I know is, is uh, really has a lot of skills and grew up in an, an area where he, he works in a lot of different areas, electrical, plumbing, just, you know, whatever. If you ask him, what can you do? Everything. He'll yeah. tell you, I can do everything. Uh, and he found a, a niche where he can do, you know, window uh, replacement and he's really good at it and he could scale a team around it. And he could focus in that one space, but he'd have to say no to all those other things. And it's very, very hard to do that sometimes. Yeah. But if you identify your skill I'm really great at this. I can build a business around that. It's one thing instead of 10 things. It's one thing I'm great at is instead of 10 things that I'm mediocre at. And you focus in that one space and you really crush it in that one space. That's, I mean, that's a big element of success. Yeah. Back to our trim carpenter example with Dan and Chris. I mean, they both identified something that they were great at and they stuck with it. They had to say no to other things along the way. People have asked them, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? And they said, no. Yeah. Yeah, knowing what you can be great at
0: and getting after it, um, it's a big deal. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's, you know, we talk about like your your reputation gets built on your work and being good at what you do, being consistent. Um, and then, but we, we've also like learned that part of what we do here is we work with contractors and some are phenomenal at what they do, but their mm-hmm. business processes are uh, less than awesome because they don't like it. Yeah. You know, like we were talking to somebody who's like, yeah, estimating is like going to the dentist for me. I hate doing it, you know? And it's like, well, that's what we do. (laughs) (laughs) But that's where, I mean, obviously our tool can help you with that. And our team will rally around and help you get good at it. But realizing that just performing exceptional work is not enough. Yeah, Um, There's a whole business uh, management side of it. Um, Can you kind of elaborate maybe just some high level things that, again, if someone's just getting started that they should focus on from the business management side?
1: One of the things that really helped me in, in going from a one-man show, doing all the self-performing work and, and having the accolades that people would send my way and say, you know, oh, he's really good at this. And, and you know, and it's tempting to do the things that, you know, we love doing and just focus in that one space. But realize that the business side of it is actually a skill and it's mm-hmm. actually a job in and of itself. Yeah. And we need to block off time to do that. You know, if, if you're not selling projects, if you're not estimating work, you're going to run out of it. Even if you have a backlog of people that want you to do things, if they're waiting for numbers from you, yeah, you, you're not going to close those jobs. And then you find yourself of kind of this friction and this kind of a start and stop, this very bumpy mm-hmm. ride, or even so many other processes as well. We might find something we really are passionate about, want to do, and then there are a whole bunch of other things that that we have to do yeah so do we find somebody else to supplement that do we find an accountant to handle the financial side of things for us so we don't have that frustration if that's not something you're good at or don't want to do you need somebody else that can jump in there and fill that gap uh, or maybe that's just blocking off time for it if you are good at it it's just saying okay one day a week i need to do my back office process that's one strategy yeah but there's definitely as part of being successful in business it's really making time and space to do the things that that are necessary Right, And that takes discipline too. I mean, a lot of times I just, you know, and then also you have to recognize all the pressures and all the things, all the deadlines and all the faux kind of uh, things people project on you. Hey, I want this done by Friday because that's their deadline. That's not necessarily your deadline. Yeah, You still have to run a successful business. And sometimes that means setting expectations and saying, yeah. Can't do that. Yeah. And it goes back to the people side and communication and yes. find a tactful, smart way of yep. saying,
0: I can't do that yep. in a way that's, you know, keeps yep. your customer around. Yeah. So I think you've got like, yeah, the financial part, the sales part. And there's a lot of guys who are like, hey, I'm not a salesperson, mm. you know, um, but figuring out how do you get good at that? Um, how do you get good at managing your finances? And if you can't, you know, or don't, uh, how do you get someone who who will? You know, maybe you get a salesperson or a project manager, or maybe you, you know, you should hire an accountant, Mm -hmm. you know, those sorts of things. Like if you, you know, just, if you're, if you're not going to get good at it, you Mm
1: -hmm. you absolutely have to find someone around you that can or will to help you be successful. I think, I think there's definitely a big part of uh, this whole process. It really kind of ties into the next point of just making this kind of taking inventory of where we're at as yep. well, of just being... You know, the, the practical side of this is saying, what am I particularly good at? What are the things that I love doing? And what are the things that I need to do but I don't like doing? And how am I going to get those things done? And some, If it's a multi-person team, um, which I've, I've worked on teams where... Uh, You know, I'll give an example of that growing up. My dad's an architect, builder, and uh, many times we would be in the wrong roles. He'd be doing something that I was good at and I'd be Mm -hmm. doing something he was better at. And just because that was just our role or our job description, we weren't in the right, uh, we weren't collaborating to the, the best effect that we could. So sometimes we have to shift and have to pivot and say, you know what, recognize that somebody on our team. Is really good at something, even though that might be something we feel we should be doing. Right. And that takes some humility sometimes. Yeah. Like, I mean, we've had those moments where I'm saying, Hey, Drew, this is something you're awesome at, even though I want to do it. Yeah. I recognize you're better at it.
0: (laughs) And the times you (laughs) ask me to do things I stink at doing, you're like, That could have been better (laughs) (laughs) had I done it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. And and I I think there's an element of we can be critical as as business owners as well and judge people by uh, our. Kind of theoretical standards as opposed to practically yeah. speaking, what we should expect of somebody to be able to do as well. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, um, you know, we talked through like knowing those skills, knowing what's missing. And then just a real practical thing. We just talk about creating it. What are your processes? You know, and I think your process and system and figuring out something that works for you. A simple thing is just, you know, creating checklists for the things that have to be done. Mm -hmm. Um, Because again, you're, as you're going to own a business, you're going to wear a lot of different hats at the same time. Yes. And if you forget to put one of those hats on during the week, like, I don't know, run payroll or, uh, you know, uh, call a customer back or those things that you, you meant to get to you just didn't do it mm-hmm. because you didn't have good processes in place. Um, any thoughts on on the the value or importance of creating a checklist or process that you follow?:
1: I had to do this with my business when I was building we had uh, we had the right roles. I had a project manager and a salesperson, we had office manager, there was you know a team of craftsmen um, but we were we were failing in process where somebody'd show up to do work on a project and something you know material wasn't there or communication with a client wasn't there on a selection. And we were, we were at this very, the feeling of disorder and customers pick up on that very quickly. Mm-hmm. What the heck's going on over there? Oh yeah. Uh, and they judge very critically. And as soon as what happens once, mm-hmm. they start thinking, well, okay, that's, you know, that, that they had, they kind of uh, start paying attention more. Right. And then the second time, then they're just thinking, oh, we got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Houston, yeah. we got a problem. So... What we did to kind of try to turn that around was start building checklists. We did a lot of the same things over and over and over again. And my assumption was, well, listen, you fools, get it right (laughs) to my team, get it right instead of defining what the process should look like. What we gained from that and the momentum we had from a team and having a clear process, a clear checklist, if we're doing a kitchen remodel, we had a checklist of things that needed to happen. Yeah, Did the site visit happen? Did we capture these measurements? Did we communicate with our subcontractors on the dates? And did we, you know, did we communicate these selections. And we've just built out the list. Yeah, And then it was mindless. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, if you're going to
0: scale and keep standards, you have to have a a process that you follow.
1: Um, And I think too, some
0: some people overestimate their team's ability to follow the same process every time without instructions because Mm -hmm. it's intuitive and natural to you. Um, But if you create an actual checklist that people do, you might feel like, well, that's micro, that's micromanaging. Well, no, it's not really. It's it's maintaining a standard. And frankly, going back again to your employee who doesn't want to be leading, Mm -hmm. they don't want to be making big decisions. They don't want to be managing. They just want to do the work. When you have clear expectations of here's the eight things I do and I got to check them off the list, they,
1: at the end of the day, feel like they're going home. They did it right. You know, they go home a winner. They feel like they were successful at their job because they checked off what needed to be done. Mm -hmm. And you have the confidence that they are winning too, because they yeah. did what they're supposed to do. The other thing I love about this is as your business changes, and as you perfect the processes, you have a, documents that point back to what you've tried, what worked, what didn't work. And you're not just kind of theorizing all the time where, right. you know, we make as business owners, we make rapid changes. Sometimes, you know, we sometimes say hey, something, sh- let's try this out. And we don't Communicate that to the rest of the team as thoroughly as it needs to be. Mm-hmm. When it's on paper, everyone sees the, the reason why behind it. They see uh, how they're supposed to execute on that as opposed to just being like, oh, no, it's, it's yeah. scary otherwise. Right. Change is scary. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And so I think it's a, and the, the
0: more you've got that stuff, then you're sleeping at night better because you mm-hmm. know, hey, every, you, in, a, in, a, in a moments of clarity and strategy and thoughtfulness, you create those checklists. Mm-hmm. When you're focused, yep. you know, and then when you're in the middle of the chaos that is inevitably going to come to you mm-hmm. on a Tuesday afternoon, you still can go back to that. You know, what what did calm, thoughtful me say need to get done this week? Yep. You know, and then figure out how do I start knocking this stuff off the list so I can I can almost micromanage myself, mm-hmm. you know, in the moment, create a strategy point where you're yep. like, hey, here's everything I need to do to, for it to be a good week. And then when chaotic you is running through and just running the gun and the phones ringing and you're driving and mm-hmm. trying to figure out how these are going to happen, you can always go back and like yep. consult with the smarter version of you that was thoughtful in the moment. If that makes sense, you know.
1: Yeah, and you can define these checklists in sort of a like a, say a pre-construction or a sales type of checklist where you're saying, okay, these are, these are the things I need to do in order to sell a project. Yeah, and then you can reference back to that as well later and say, okay, yes, on that date we had this conversation with this person because people's memories are are fallible. Yeah, our memories can. Can sometimes think we can think we had a conversation and not had one or a customer yeah. might've thought we had, didn't have a conversation we did. Yeah. So having a checklist and saying, yes, on this date, we talked about this. So there's a log aspect of a checklist as well. If right. yes, this did get done this time, it's a piece of money you sleep at night, you know, where it's, mm-hmm. did that countertop get ordered? Yes, it did on this date, this time, because I have a checklist for that. So a sales checklist, you could have a, uh, a selections checklist of, you know, these are the things customers need to choose for their projects. And we need to choose a faucet, and a toilet, if you're doing a bath and remodel, a shower, et cetera, and so on and yeah. so forth. And then you could have almost like a warranty type of checklist as well, like, you know, a, a punchless type of checklist at the end of a project. Did these things get done? A wrap up. And even daily checklists. Yeah. Did the job get cleaned? Did we, you know, power off our tools? Mm-hmm. You know, the kinds of things that just happened that just seem so stupid, Yeah. Uh To a customer or to us could have been prevented with a checklist. Give you a great example of that. We're working a job. This is probably 20 years ago. My brother and I are working on this bathroom remodel. And, uh, you know, it was probably a four-week project. And great customers, all the rest of it. And we all pack up for the day and we were trying to have a good process. You know, we got the job all packed up, all tools all put away, cleaned up the thing. And and, uh, my brother's responsible for, you know, kind of the wind down part of it. And, you know, so we got our sort of mental checklist. This happened, this happened, this. Yep, yep, yep. We're ready to go. And we're obviously we're all ready to be out of that job at the end of the day. You know, nobody wants to hang around any longer to talk to anybody or do anything. And next day we show up. Customer says, we almost died of fright last night. We have this noisy compressor sitting in their bathroom. It didn't get turned off. So 2 in the morning, <laughs> this thing kicks on. It's in their master bathroom yeah. right next to their bedroom. Right. And, you know, he's he wakes up in a, you know, cold, sweat, yeah. panic. She's pushing him out of bed. God, ah, what? What's yeah, happening? Yeah. You know, this <laughs> chaos ensues. And he's like, ah, man, I almost died of a heart attack last night. Yeah. But you know, Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, they were able to look at us and say, "You know, oh, well, they're yeah. young, they, you know, you know, you know," and they 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 didn't sue us or something. They didn't yeah. die, and they were able to laugh it off. But nonetheless, it was another yep. things like that can cost you. They yep. can cost relationships. They can cost uh, money. You know, yep. and checklists can prevent that. Did, you know, I have so many examples of that of just protecting. High end materials, countertops, cabinetry. Yeah. I mean, just if, if you had a process, like, right. okay, we're gonna put ram door board down on the floor. We're gonna protect the faces of our cabinets. Right. We're gonna cover carpets, whatever yep. it is. Yeah. You make and sure it gets When done. mistakes
0: happen, you add one more thing in the checklist to make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah. You know?
1: We learn from our mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. I think all those things help you,
0: you know, uh, again, there, there's so much more we could get into, but we talked through kind of high level, just, you know, do you have the passion? Can you work with the people? Do you have those skills? Mm-hmm. Um, and some so, of the practical so critical. there's a lot more we can get into. And again, we touch on a lot of this different episodes. Um, but, uh, one thing we're running on time, we're willing to wrap up. Uh, we had that question come in on a uh, book recommendations. Oh yes. Um, yes. so again, if people are, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, there's not a lot of new ideas out there. Uh, most everything <laughs> you want to learn on the subject sitting in a YouTube video, a book or a podcast. And so, uh, go, hidden book. So, if
1: somebody wants to read. What would you recommend? The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. What I particularly like about that book is when you look at the things that are that make somebody successful, they're habitual. Yes. We can have a great week, and if we don't follow it up with habit, though, the following week, we that everything we did the previous one to be successful, the disciplines, the things that we did, don't count for anything. Yeah. So. I love about the these highly effective habits of just building those into our life and be like, okay, these disciplines right. are so important. What about you? Um,
0: I I co sign in Seven Habits. It's an incredible uh, book. It's long uh, and it's really good. Uh, <laughs> but each chapter, yes, yeah, audio book is you know, yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, one one that's impacted me a lot is uh, called Four Disciplines of Execution. Um, and it's, you know, or you'll see it called 4DX. Like if you watch YouTube videos or whatever, they'll break it down, but really the concept there is figuring out, yeah, it's interesting disciplines, uh, Mm -hmm. habits, you know, but it's, it's for creating four disciplines in your business that'll help you achieve your wildly important goals. And so, uh, and the, kind of the underlying messages, there's tons of little things trying to take your, your time, your attention, their distractions, mm-hmm. and all of them are things that can and should be done. But you've got to define for yourself what are the wildly important things that have to happen. Yeah. Like if I know I do these four things uh, today, then my results next month will yep. be good. And a lot of times we tend to, chase, we end up chasing what the book calls lag metrics, which is what is in my bank account. You know, oh man, I got a problem because my bank account is low. And it's like, okay, well what do you have to do to make sure that a month from now your bank account looks right? And so mm-hmm. instead of sitting there refreshing your bank account or trying to collect on, you know, payments or something uh, or take on a new job real quick to get this number up it's saying, no, what, what are the lead things that if you do on a consistent basis every day, you know you'll be proactively solving that problem. So instead of looking back at what is your issue, you can say, hey, what can I do today? But it's a similar concept. What can I do today to make tomorrow happen?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of practical Great summary. Really, really good. good. Yeah, yeah, don't even read the books then. Yeah, just... <laughs> 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 Love it. Yeah. What yeah. A, yeah and audiobooks, great format for guys busy totally. or don't like to read. I mean, yep. audiobook, great. I'm big on yeah.
0: just even YouTube book reviews. You know I mean? Yeah. Like, I've learned a lot from just, hey, YouTube and book summary for this. I,
1: yeah. I mean, I'm one of those guys that like reads the first two, three chapters of a book and yeah, then yeah, get distracted yeah. by something. <laughs> 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah.